Please don't scare me. Please don't scare me again. I, was I can't worried. take it. I was worried this is going to really escalate to you turning up with like 12 <laughs> Russian bodyguards and beating me up. <laughs> but I'm going to make you something Italian. Yes. Don't know why I said it like that, like I'm Italian. Yeah. I'm not. I'm going to make you <laughs> something Italian. You. Just some simple bruschetta. Well, I'm... Food? Ready? You said not seasonal, but who cares? I, I actually, this is what I really fancied. Now, I, you said not a normal dinner, but that's nice because I wouldn't have made it for myself for dinner and therefore it has a quality to it. I mean, yeah, it's not really a dinner, but if you think about what you need in the winter, you need uh, zestiness. Yep. You need that kind of punch, that kind of thing to get you over the line, to get you to December. I sound like a politician. We will get <laughs> we will you, get this bruschetta will get you over the line. Get it done. Oven ready bruschetta, not cooked <laughs> yeah. in an oven. No. So to recap what we have here, mm -hmm. it's an Italian dish, bruschetta. We have uh, some lovely lightly toasted bread, a topped with um, tomatoes, topped. Uh, red onions. Looks beautiful and colorful for you listening out there. Basil, <laughs> basil, <laughs> olive oil, black pepper, um, salt, garlic, just gently, politely mixed together in a nice bowl and sat, sat to marinate for a bit, then drizzled and poured on top of the bread. George, I close my eyes. We are in a little piazza in Florence with a little little espresso, macchiato. Well, do you know, I, talking... I first discovered this when I went to Sicily, actually. So oh. I, I don't know I don't know if there's um, a regional. Actually, I discovered. Oh, I think you'll find. I, I don't actually know if it's uh, I'm um, sure it has a specific to a region in Italy. It I bet is. it is, yeah. Literally everything probably is Probably something I should have looked up before I <laughs> broadcast right. it. Yeah. So um, I'll get exhausted. Like, and these tomatoes are from Morocco. Have you noticed when you go to restaurants now, it's always Isle of Wight tomatoes? Something no. about Isle of Wight tomatoes. They, they, the fact they have to specify it, I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah, but it's it's that context that makes it interesting. I mean, yeah. we could just talk about film, James. But why talk about film when you can talk about film after having a nice bit of food? Pop kitchen, everyone. Hey, not to give away <laughs> trade secrets. <laughs> right. So, do you want to take, take a, a bite? bite? Yeah, yeah. Let's, I'm gonna go let's for a bite. do it. It's crunchy and it's a bit messy. We had arguments about how to toast this. Yeah, screaming. <laughs> Oh, it just cr it just crumbled in my grip. Christ. Mm. Wonderful sound you just made. Really good. What's your opinion about making mess when you eat? Because I'm of okay, I'm, oh. I'm a bit of a messy eater. Yeah. Not necessarily on myself, you're, but more on You're a messy cooker too. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe that's that's the art. That's the secret. You know, to, to to really engage with your food, if it's so politely and neatly done, it looks like you haven't been there. Yeah, it, 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 obviously, like it completely depends what we're eating. But I, I agree. If if the food is messy, let's not because that can take away your enjoyment from it. If you're holding yourself back physically and not just getting stuck in, it's like you know people are like, oh, you eat your spaghetti so messily, you don't curl it up. Sometimes people just shove it in. It's like, hey man, just let the yeah, guy. You're talking to me, yeah. Eat it. Oh, is that what you do? I was never taught or told how to do it with the spoon. Taught. No one sat me down like James. You're seven. It is time. That's my get out excuse for anything. I don't know how to do. No one taught me. No one taught me. Yeah. In my when I had my ward, my taxes. No, well, no one taught me. No one taught me. So, so I haven't paid them. Yeah, I'm a I'm a mess. I mean, I've got a plate that's too small. I've given you the big plate. Uh, the question: Have you been confronted about being messy? Has someone gone? You know what? Actually, you're making me a bit gross. You, you, when I've been this. eating with someone. Yeah. Has someone have gone? I, or has someone ever made a face? Or has someone told someone else that they think that you were a messy eater? Well, I, I don't know about that. Um, I don't think that's ever happened to me. Although you say that, but actually only last week, 
I did have with a group of other hungover people uh, a hungover burrito. And I was sat in the middle of the group, and I did feel a little bit like I was being watched. <laughs> and look, I was hungry. I was, I was, was putting it away. Like, and burritos are messy. Mm. But I, I felt like I was being looked at as like, You oh. know that going in. Like, like oh, George, is, he's really putting that away. Some burgers are really messy, and that's just how the When you burger, get the drippy burgers. Drippy burgers, soggy yeah. burgers, yeah. 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 yeah Have you heard the theory that you should, you know how the top bun of a burger is rounded, yeah. the bottom one tends to be flatter? Yeah. You're actually meant to eat it upside down. I, I, the do rounded, yeah, I normally yeah. do that, yeah, yeah. It's oh, so the, the rounded top, like, I've heard it's so designed that it cups the juice and prevents a drippy burger. Who knew that there was this much level of design in a burger? Who knew that burgers would be like the food explosion like yeah. in recent years? That, I, that It's like saying, oh, tell you what, there's so many different things you can do with a sandwich. The sandwich well, is the way to go. Well, most sandwiches were, were I, I think this could be absolute rubbish. Right. But from what I heard, heard about the invention of the original hot dog was that it was a guy who sold sausages on the street but they were so hot to eat that he would just give people a little loaf of bread to hold the sausage in and you would eat the loaf of bread with the sausage. And that's how like meats surrounded by bread came about. It's just a vessel with which to hold hot meat. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the same. But sandwich comes from the other sandwich. Wow. You know this? <laughs> wow, I know sandwich no one is a told place. Me this, George. <laughs> I know it's a place, but I would never have gone. Well, that's where the no, sandwich the comes why from. You, it's one of those. Like, oh, did you know no. the uh, the kettle was invented but, by oh, Ian yeah, Kettle? Yeah, 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 sure. No, no, no. The, the Earl sandwich had. Uh, oh yeah, this is this is a historic. Go for it. The other sandwich invented the Guys, sandwich. Guys, this is, this is a food podcast he, he, as well. He didn't want. He didn't. And now we're doing history. He didn't want to get his cards dirty. When he was playing cards, I think between battles, like that might have embellished that. Wow. But he did, they used to play cards, and he didn't want to keep getting grease when he used to hold stuff. And he said, "Can you just bring it to me between two slices?" <laughs> George just dropped, I think, a tomato or some bread. Let me do that again. Yep. <laughs> no, just roll with it. Can I just? Okay. He would say, um, "Just bring this to me in in two slices of bread, so I don't get any grease or anything." And then wow. there you go, the sandwich is born. Now, obviously, if you look at the whole world, there's loads of variations on the sandwich. We don't know whether if that's where it comes like from. Like the hot dog, I'm sure was probably a, a variation on that. I mean, I believe you in that. That sounds right. But the sandwich. And in this history, how many rings had the Lord Sauron made? <laughs> and how, and <laughs> One sandwich to rule yeah. them all. The, the in the land of Mordor, the or the Chimera. Isle of Sandwich, for those who pay attention. <laughs> um, there is absolutely no way to eat this politely or cleanly for our listeners. I think we go on uh, a hiatus for us, but for the listeners, it'll feel like no time has elapsed. Yeah, for you guys, enjoy the next uh, sequence, yeah. which will be us talking in probably a few minutes' time. James, how long have you been paying for the, the Bronsbury <laughs> Sports Club? I used to play a lot of tennis when I was younger, and it's uh, it's local to where I don't wonder if I'm like dossing myself from where I grew up now. Well, oh yeah, Bronsbury Park. I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, you've that's your that's you know your... you know when you spend a summer, you know I think it was actually was it before uni or after first year of uni working for. So, genuinely less than minimum wage, yeah. like so far below. It was one of those, well, you're not quite 21, so for the hourly rate yeah. and then the kids, it was like four pounds something an hour, like really low, uh, teaching kids to play tennis when I got this jumper. Oh, well that, this was the most valuable thing I it earned. It looks like you've worn it every single sick day since. Yeah, it's it's a real like Without cozy up and, and what, like go on Disney Plus and find a Marvel <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly my vibe. Yeah, so it's a neon, neon royal blue, I'd say. Okay. Um, Bronsbury hoodie. So I want to talk about Spencer, which uh, came out a couple of days ago, um, and is you know the big side of big side of the bus kind of adverts for this new Diana biopic. Just context for everyone. So 
Kristen Stewart plays Princess Diana. Um, the People's Princess. The People's Princess. Um, and it's directed by Pablo Lorraine, who's a Chilean, um, Chilean director, I believe. Um, he's got quite an interesting filmography, but it's set... The whole thing of this is that... And it, the reason why it's called Spencer, not called Diana, not called Princess of Wales, is that it's a different take on Diana's life. So if people are expecting sort of a, a crown approach or uh, the much-forgotten Naomi Watts biopic mm, approach... I've not seen it, but I've heard. Exactly. Uh, this is different. It's all about... It's all set in over three days, one Christmas. Uh, it doesn't say what year, but it's... Uh, yeah, I noticed it, it's, that. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's clearly the early 90s when Diana is separated from Charles, estranged from Charles, but not uh, divorced, still part of the royal family. Kids are like 10 and 8, something like that. Yeah, kind about of yeah, that that, yeah, about that age. Um, and it is set in Sandringham over Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. Christmas Stewart was like a, a bit of a bold choice, I think, at the time when everyone heard about this. Because sure. I think people's perception of the way that the royals have been captured has been so preoccupied with the, the crown in recent years. And not a Brit. Yeah, and not a which Brit, is probably, which is big. Yeah, we, we tend to same. cast our own, and the Americans tend to cast us. Yeah, and so... Generally. Um, I mean, I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, I don't I don't think I, I don't think I've missed out anything else for context for anyone. Do you? Yeah, no, I think I think that sounds about right. Uh, Pete, who who else is starring in it? Because there's a lot okay, of supporting yeah, characters. Okay, yeah. So so Kristen Stewart obviously plays Her Royal Highness. Yeah. Um, and then it's but it, I mean it's you've got Sally Hawkins, mm. you've got uh, Sean Harris, yep. Timothy Spall. Yeah. Um, and that's all I could name probably. That's probably it because it's quite sparse. I mean, it is really a powerhouse yep. one woman film. But what did you think, James? I was quite disappointed in it. I I really was quite excited to see it. The plans to go see it were sprung up on me. And I was like, oh, yeah, really looking forward to see that. I'd love to go and see it. Um, and I think, like, going into a film called Spencer about Diana Spencer, even however many years we are, not just from her death, but from the time that she was, like, incredibly famous, not that I was alive to remember it, um, I think everyone goes in with an incredible amount of expectations of the story, which I think we all weirdly have a, an attachment to for what happened to that person. And I don't want to start with the latest. I think there's a lot of things I really liked about it. Like its presentation of Sandringham is this very like frosty and cold place where everyone is whispering, but yet everyone hears what everyone's talking about. And I kind of had this sensation watching it where it was like scene on, scene off. There was scenes that I'd watch and I'd go, ah, oh, that was really good. I really liked that. And then some other scenes where I was like, that did not work. And I actually think that some of the writing really took me out of it. Mm. Performances, I think, in general around, really liked it. Mm. But overall, I came out of that being like, oh, I, I did, that didn't sit well with me. There were some analogies that were made which I thought were bad. My friend who was sitting next to me, she said halfway through, she leaned over and whispered to me that some particular scenes which we really just thought didn't work. And she said, this reminds me of the shit you used to take to the Edinburgh Fringe and make me go and see. <laughs> and I couldn't really disagree with her uh. because I think there were some moments where I was like, oh, I don't... I don't like that at all. And I found the, the particular style of it being like, you know how you said it's set over the course of three days. It's not a sweeping, mm. she's born, she lives through her life, she dies kind of film. And it's very much like a portrait of a woman mm. in this situation. And it, it, it does, I think in some ways, an effective job of presenting the dilemma that, she, that she's in with that yeah. family. I think it does it quite accurately. But I thought for what it was trying to do in that film, I thought it actually tried to do too much, was way too self-indulgent with the themes. There were, some, there were a couple of things I thought that is so on the nose. <laughs> I really just was like, really? Is that, is that like what we're gonna do at the end? And 
I was quite disappointed. That, like, there are so many things I love. I thought some of the performances with the uh, supporting characters, I loved. Like, what, Maggie, what's her name again? Uh, Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins, sorry, I think it's brilliant. Uh, t- uh, Timothy Spall, like, I'd really like those scenes and then it would go off and do something else. Mm. And I would hate that scene. I'd be like, oh. Felt like, felt like two directors worked on it. Well, I'm curious to see what you think, because you've said, I'm very excited to talk about it when you've sort of hinted, because we don't talk about no. films when we're we outside the show. We, we bargain. So I can tell if you either really liked it and wanted to go into the very interesting what elements of it. Uh, what do you think I think? Well, you reacted weirdly when I said like, I've got mixed and disappointed, so I'm starting to think maybe you agree with me, but I, I think maybe you like it. I really liked James. Yeah. I, I, I almost said I loved it. I, 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 sorry, before you go into it, I, I went in to go read some reviews, most of which were really positive, mm, just to yeah. check like what's wrong with me, did I get it wrong? But I still, I didn't yeah. read those reviews and be like, oh, that's what I missed. I'm sorry, I just didn't like it, but yeah, let me know. No, I, I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it, and, and, I, and I really loved it. It was, in a way, it's my kind of film. I will begin by saying there are, I agree, moments that are uh, very on the nose. The Anne Boleyn kind of uh, running what straight. The hell uh, is yeah, that? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the um, there are moments that I think probably it's probably a little bit too long. And you know, like I talked a couple of times before about the Denis Villeneuve like oppressive tonality. There was a couple of times where I was like, I get it. We, I've got the, I've got the message. We, they have maybe three too many scenes of this one. Yeah. But um, no, I really like it, and, and for the reasons as follows. So. First of all, I, I I knew what this film would be. You know, I, I know there are a lot of people who, who won't be. For example, when the film ended, um, a, a man left the theatre and I heard him say, well, I thought it was going to be much more like The Crown, you see. And uh, I was quite disappointed. I'm like, this is not, I knew no, this wouldn't I, be I, yeah. a conventional bar biopic. Oh, maybe you did as well. Yeah, yeah. But so I approached it because I like Pablo Loren. I, I was a big fan of one of his previous films he made called Jackie, which is about Jackie Kennedy. Right. Which is about, I haven't seen it, but well, I, I can tell me, it's very similar. They're very much, very similar... Uh, Territory. It, Jackie was about Jackie Kennedy's experience again in a tight t- time yeah. frame. The it's like week, forty-eight hours. Oh, no, no, sorry, no it was it was the week of her husband's assassination, from the moment he was killed to his funeral, and her role and her changing role within that as American history is revolving around her. Again, shot in a shimmering, beautiful cinematography with very strange um, music. And the whole thing about Jackie was like, it captured this fairy tale idea. Yeah. This idea that this haunted fairy tale, and there was these ghostly elements, you know, there were scenes of uh, Jackie Kennedy wandering around alone in, in the White House, wonderfully played by Natalie Portman. I know I'm meant to be talking about Spencer, no, but no, this is all context. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and, I, and, I enjoy, and I had a similar thing with Jackie, which is in the, when I saw it, I thought, okay, that was good. But uh, after I came out of it, it really stayed with me. And I think um, that's similar with Spencer. So going into Spencer, I thought, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing that approach applied to this story. And the moment it begins, it says a fable about a true tragedy. Based on a and true I, tragedy. Yeah, yeah, a fable based on a true tragedy. And I thought that... I love that because that is immediately telling you. Sets the tone. Yeah, it's yeah. telling you it's like this is this is a fable. This is a fictionalization. It's art on a taking a car- a concept of a character and going, yeah, let's exactly. make some art. And and so that's that guy you left and said he thought it was, you know, thought it would be mm. like the crown. Did you not read the bit but, of the But, but I saw that opening thing and went, oh cool. Like I'm expecting something really yeah, clever but, and no, different. But I thought it was such because I just thought it was successful in the way that it it sort of took the story and biography of Diana as we know. And it. the relationship, yeah, the relationships you yeah. know. And then fictionalizes them within the context of a fairy tale to really highlight the dramatic elements of her life without having to go through the plot points of her life. It's like, I mean, really, this film sets her up to be the lonely princess in the tower. Yeah. I mean, the, the where, I mean, where to begin? So with, with like the haunting. <clears throat> 
element. That, that's what I think I came away with. That's what I was impressed by, is that in typically biography, typical biography genre, we've got a much more, uh, a film that is much more about a, a person's state of mind, a person's state of emotion, a person's, you know, psychodrama. Sure. And, you know, the, 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 I, I, I like the script. So Stephen Knight wrote the script. I think Stephen yeah, Knight, is he Stephen Peaky Knight. Blinders? I, I think I, so, yeah. I, I thought there were loads of great... <clears throat> I thought there were loads of great double entendres and double meanings in both the script and the imagery. You know, there's lots of things about death and consumption and the past. And this, Where it uses food, especially. Yeah, the way it's used to food. And, and um, the way that uh, they talk about the past. There's that great line where Diana says, oh, there is no, there is no future in this house. It's just the, pa the past and present are the same thing. I, I, I really like that. And there's a really chilling bit where she's with, you know, her boys and... Um, uh, William says, oh, mummy, what's happened to make you so sad? Is it something in your past? And then Harry says, no, I think it's something in your future. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I thought this really added to that, this yeah. kind of ghostly element. And for a lot of the film, Diana is wandering around Sandringham. She's not part of the royal family. She's not with her family. She's not staff as well. She's part of this sort of liminal space. Um, and, and when her car arrives at Sandringham at the beginning, when she's late, oh, she's late, where is she? Um, You've got this fantastic... Oh, gosh, I don't know the way. Yeah, I'm lost. We'll get to that. Um, this drone shot that follows her into this immaculately built Sandringham estate. Mm -hmm. And that, for me, was like the beginning of The Shining. It's like them approaching the Overlook Hotel. Shining, yeah. And, and the, the music that accompanies it is so discordant and strange and full of, like, jazz pianos. Love, and, love, love the score. And, yeah, Johnny Greenwood, who, who's, you know, formerly of Radiohead, um, did the score. And actually, Johnny Greenwood is becoming like a magnificent composer. He, so he started in Radiohead and then he broke away and did um, uh, the, the There Will Be Blood soundtrack, which was, oh, a, 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 you know, a masterpiece. And then he, ever since then, he's done these really profound, every time Johnny Greenwood does a sc score, it, it delivers. And I, and, I, and I was listening to it in this thinking this is uh, wonderful. I, um, again, the cin cinematography is like shimmering and beautiful, but also very suffocating. Cold, sterile. Cold, stately, very stately. So it shimmers, but it is like preserved. There's both literally and metaphorically an air of death and stale. Like yeah. One of the opening shots and, and like one of the, uh, again, what I think is very on the nose analogy was like, you know, hunted game scattered yeah. around the grounds yeah. and, and pheasants that were that See, were dead. I didn't find that, it's it's pointed, and for for you it was on the nose, but for me that was the the fact that it was that dramatically hinted at was part of the sort of melodrama of the of the whole thing. I I, I get you, but when you're taking when you're taking okay, so this is the story, but we're not going to tell the whole story. We're going to tell it over three yeah. days, knowing that everyone knows what happens to Diana, and we're going to use lines like where she looks over her shoulder right at the camera and goes. Do you think they'll kill me? Yeah, that's... to me, I kind of cringed. I'm like, oh, like, and then, and then the pheasant thing, I, I got, and I don't want to spoil it, but the analogy of things being hunted and and pheasants being uh, reared to be slaughtered is very much what, uh, not to reduce it, but there is a culmination point at the end yeah. which has something to do with pheasants being hunted, yeah. and I was a bit like, I just, I get it, and I, I wanted, I wanted maybe something a bit smarter, really, and and it's a shame because I don't, I don't hate it, but it's like there are so many other elements I really enjoyed which could have been. Fun further explored but that that element i didn't find interesting to, to come not, to the end but did you not feel like the experience of it i felt like he, he was saying forget the facts let's capture the experience of being in her place where she's having the dinner 
and and she's got the pearls and it's the soup and you've got Charles opposite and what I like is that Charles has got that face which shows that like he's under a mask as well yeah. he's also brittle and hiding something and there is this deathly silence that scene didn't work for me it really interesting. didn't so, so I, I, because I, it's, I understand there's, there's, we, should, we should just explain there, is, there, there, are, are, there are pearls that Charles bought for, yeah, for Diana yeah. which he famously also bought Camilla the same pearls so Diana feels there's obviously a huge sense of pressure to wear these pearls because it's a gift and it would be like what she wears is also like really strict and, yeah, and, and really right, laid out. Like, it's like Christmas morning breakfast, afternoon yeah. tea, uh, yeah. church, all this. And so she was usually doesn't wait to wear it. And like it, it, the the but the easiest comparison I can make is like the one ring. It's the kind of like <laughs> the kind of like weight it has on her. And there's this whole sequence where she she's has to eat the soup and the pearl. It goes into sort of semi dreamlike yeah. state where the pearls are part of the food and vice versa. Yeah. And it's a very sort of you know over-the-top star sequence. But the way in which, um, even though I love the score, the way in which that was, it might be the editing, to be honest, like cut together and revealed to me. I, I, again, it was one of those scenes I was like, that didn't work. And it felt like it student theatre no, to me. No, 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 And the way in which no, the, the, no, mu so no, the no. music swelled up and it was this, it's this wonderful score that's like chaotic and, and frenzied. And then it cuts to the people playing the, the cello and the violin at the yeah. corner. And I was like, why are they going no, because, all bad in the corner? Because music's already in there. And then they were I, just showing that I, it's diegetic it. music, not non digesting And music. I get it, but uh, for some reason it just, it just didn't, it, it, half of that film didn't work. And all the things you've talked about, are like, you know, the pre presentation of the royals yeah. and how, how cold really harsh presentation of the royals not that i have a I particular know, leaning though. no no it's not a bit, like you know the way that the queen was like very few lines but lots of knowing but looks. i don't think it was a harsh pre presentation of the royals i think actually it showed them to be just as trapped as she was but she was the diana was the only one to, to, to be able to speak out yeah, also right. and i feel when we talk about diana and the royals that i feel perfectly comfortable that these are just fictional characters it's right. not like people have that issue with the crown they're like well are we talking about diana is it the real diana i'm like it's quite easy the crown to separate okay this is a conversation we, we're trying yeah. to pretend they had yeah but this yeah. and this is very much even more Spencer, so yeah. just like this is completely fictional like, yeah. yeah i'm not going into it. Like, hang on he wouldn't have said that no, that's, that's not my no, issue it's, it's like it's like the presentation of its ideas and there were just other things i would rather have focused on like when when sally hawkins was talking about like all like their scenes and what what happens with those two characters and she's like it's not it's not all these things you think you need you you really need love and, yeah. and this is your problem and she's focusing on so many other things and the uh, sean harris and all those amazing scenes in the kitchen and what it would be like to prepare food and the, the connection she has to people who are much more human than any of the royals are i love that but it would just it just kept being sandwiched by these very weird scenes i didn't like i don't know I, like tell them i'm not well sweeping yeah, but, shots but, 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 tell them i'm not no, well but, but that, no, but close that's, up wide angle terrence but, no, but that, no, it's all that's all I was part of it my, no, i rolled oh, my eyes yeah it, it, did. No, it, it did. Was, was all part of it because yeah, I don't think it had earned that, that level of swoopiness. It has. It says yeah. it's swoopy from the beginning. It is a swoopy. It, it's it, swoopy. The, the theatricality is part of it. I thought about that. Put it this way: the first yeah. scene when we see Kristen Stewart, I thought, "Oh no, this is like a really stilted impression of Diana." But then I realised that's the whole point. She is uptight. She is tense. She Petulant, is brittle. A little bit moany. Yeah, sure. but but but. Within reason, I, I, mean, I don't mean that as a criticism. No, I think, but, I think, like we know, Diana yeah. had a way of talking. But then, that was when there like is that. the swirling kind of, you know, okay, it might get a little Birdman esque with the drums. I was, like, I was thinking it reminded me a lot of Birdman, and so it's like a shame because a film I don't, I really don't. Oh, like. see, I, I like Birdman. What, yeah. what do you like about Birdman? I find it annoying. Do you feel like he doesn't? Well, earn, tangent, but... I think my issue with Birdman is that it is a film that enjoys poking fun at how pretentious, pretentious and. Uh, self-serious the uh, entertainment industry is in a 
in a film that is itself pretentious and self-serious. Uh, the, the lack of irony between the way it presents itself and its message, I find just maddening. That's true, but how do you make a, how do you make a film that's going to confront that? A different way, satire. <laughs> different, different fucking way. You know, loads of other ways. It's a very pretentious film. You know, there's, there's, there's loads of Hollywood satires out there. The Player, for, for one. Yeah. Maybe Nashville. But, you know. I mean, like, yeah, I, I enjoyed the ride of Birdman. I was like, whoa, that was an experience that uh, came out of it. But, yeah. That, that uh, had... Can I... Yeah. Permission to talk in expletives. Yeah. yeah. Birdman had a shitload more wank in it yeah, than, yeah. than Spencer does. I'll right? give you that. 100%. Spencer, I was like, I know what you're doing. I can see where you're going for it. Okay. Some members of the audience who sit across from me right now might yeah. have found it a little bit uh, tedious and melodramatic. But I, for one, enjoyed it. But Birdman, oh, oh the jellyfish. <laughs> a great fish. double bill. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 well, you know, it's maybe it's just down to taste because I, I yeah. did, I did think in the first 15 minutes, I was like, oh, this is, this is my kind of film. I, mm. I, I love the presentation. I love the vision. And I do like, I, I also went in like wanting to like it. I really think I did, which is wrong. But I was like, oh, this, I think this is for me. And it, and it turned out it wasn't. Can we agree on anything? Can we agree that her performance yeah, like, is great? I think her performance is great. I, th I, think, I didn't like, think Kristen Stewart. I wasn't watching it thinking that's Kristen Stewart. There. Yeah, I, just like, I think there's like there's a lot we agreed on. Like it's it's overall presentation, the way in which it sets up its story, I thought was fantastic. And, yeah. and again, like so many elements, I really loved, and all those side characters, I thought was so so brilliantly done and felt really grounded and actually out of sync with what, yeah. what I thought like the, the rest of the film's execution was. It's just like half of the ideas I didn't like. We, we mentioned Anne Boleyn earlier, but there is like. Uh, almost, you know, haunted ghost-esque element yeah. where she, she's very much comparing herself to Anne Boleyn. And, you know, the guy, one of the main sort of Tommy Lassell's type of uh, maitre d's is sort of putting these images of Anne Boleyn, who is... Do you know this history better than me? I bet you do. Yeah. Go Anne on Boleyn, then. who yeah. was beheaded by Henry Beheaded VIII. by Henry VIII. He was the second Fell in love with a different woman, Jane, Jane Seymour. Seymour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, there's obviously, like, obvious comparisons. Yeah, they, yeah, they got a sword... And yeah, off. you you bet you're going to see Anne Boleyn walking through the halls, and, and, and then sometimes Kristen Stewart dressed as Anne, as Anne Boleyn, Boleyn, which you know is a bit is a, is a big reach. And it's like, it's not that I don't think this film could have done that. I just it didn't get me there. You know what it is? It didn't I, get me there think, well enough. I think okay. I think if you if you stick with Spencer, you I think no, that's more you jump no, jump into the pool, not dip no, your toe. I think I think it's like if you jump into it and you enjoy, and that's the kind and you're you are enjoying it and you're prepared to go with it, go with yeah. it. And I think it will carry you through. There are a lot of films like that where if you didn't you weren't able to take the plunge, it wouldn't happen for you. Yeah, I think I think it sounds like you weren't able to take the plunge. Maybe. I think you were you were you know, I, I, too far I think we've had situations where this has been reversed and I, yeah. I've definitely had moments where I'm like, I just wish I could like it more and engage in it more, but I Maybe it's because I, I knew what I was going to get more. I mean, I know you said you expected yeah, that, but because I, I was like, oh, I, I know what Jackie was like. I can see where Spencer was going to be. And I got what I wanted. And, and um, I, you know, I, I, I did go to read reviews afterwards because I was really curious. And the things they, gave, the, the reviews that gave it five stars mentioned the things that I liked, yeah. but it, it didn't really, it, it didn't find the things I felt annoying and cringeworthy. It, well, they weren't mentioned. I was like, oh, you just, that was, that worked for you. What I will say to your friend is this. I was in some of those. Yeah. Wait, wait, <laughs> yeah. I was in some of those. She wait, listens wait, to the show. She I does. was in some of those plays that we took to Edinburgh, James. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, they were far shitter than Spencer. <laughs> they were so much, were worse. So much worse. I know. <laughs> I feel like all of a sudden, I know we've just had the year of years with COVID, but every film is coming out. Every film's just that's not come out. And I feel like it's, mm. I know it's always intense towards the end of the year and like January, Feb, but I feel like it's especially 
everything's it's coming like out. It's like there's a deadline and they're like, shit, we've got to get these out Financial now. quarters, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> if we want our Christmas bonuses, we've got to get them out now. Yeah. Uh, so as well, over the weekend, I went to go see Marvel's Eternals. Not the Eternals, just Eternals. Oh, okay. Um, went, went solo on a Sunday night, tried to pitch it to the girlfriend, but fair enough, she was like, no, I don't want to see it. It's long. It's... Oh, George, it's a slog. Ooh, this film's like... Yeah. So, okay, so, uh, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about where we were at with the MCU, right. and a broad summary of what we roughly said was that I think we said we had quite a good level of trust mm -hmm. with our time and our money on yeah. the commitment of a Marvel film. And I'd say we could, yeah. we, we were quite happy for them to introduce characters to us that we'd never heard before and have faith that they yeah. could deliver. And I went in with Eternals knowing nothing about what it was. Basic premise is this is taking place in the MCU, right? So it, 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 it for, in some way connects to all the stuff to do with the Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, etc. Um, this, this movie opens essentially at the beginning of, of humanity, at like early primitive Mesopotamia era. You have these beings which are almost like divinely created as adults, immortal and eternal. Um, they arrive on this... Um, uh, monolithic spaceship right. to Earth. They are given a quest by these um, giant titanic uh, beings called Celestials. And nice. I'm talking big, like the size of moons. Like, I think really, it's one of the really trailer, huge, isn't it? A yeah. huge red, demonic-looking thing called Celestials. And they, Selma Hayek plays one of like the, the sort of like spiritual leader of the Eternals, and she is given uh, tasks by the Celestials. And what, it, the, the main opening is... Uh, it's very wordy, and there's lots of words you've Good never Lord. heard before, and it's a bit of like, okay, okay. It's I'm like in, the architect scene in The Matrix. A little bit. Not quite as bad as that, but on the way. And it's, you, you need to go to Earth and protect it for when we need it. You need to protect humanity from these evil beings from the, the dawn of the universe called deviants. And these deviants are these very generic-looking, sort of rhinoceros, tiger-esque, wispy beasts oh, that they had to kill incredibly generic you know when um cgi monsters are just like floating wiggly uh, lines yeah. kind of like that so in, in the first sort of few few i say like 20 minutes of the film you, you see the eternals at different points in human history and it does a lot of jumping around you start like mesopotamia then you go to like 1510 AD, then you go to 1945, like the Hiroshima bomb, and they're, they're given very clear instructions, which is protect humans, but do not interfere with anything that they do. You can teach them certain things and you can interact with them, but you must not in, interfere, yeah. you must only protect. So it explains why there's a lot of scenes where it's like, why didn't you intervene when Thanos erased humankind? And their argument kind of is, which kind of worked actually, which was, well, we're not going to intervene because part of warfare and learning and death is going to get humans to where they need to be it's part of their progression right. they need to die and then you know this, this isn't this isn't spoilers but throughout the, the first part of the movie the eternals get, really struggle with seeing civilizations rise and fall and they see these people tear each other apart right. and one of them has the has the power to like occupy minds and tell people to stop doing the other one is basically like superman the other one is sort of can manipulate the elements and change water into wine and wood into frost all of these kinds right. of things so they have the power really to intervene and protect okay. people and there's one who is able to teach technology and he's like an engineer and the byproduct of his teaching humans certain things led to the invention of the atomic bomb. Right. Right. So obviously, okay, well, we have intervened in some way. And this has led to one of the most like atrocious inventions yeah. ever. And they end up fighting. And because of that, they all go their separate ways. And you kind of cut to modern day, seeing them in all their different parts 
doing different things. Right. So Kumail Nanjiani is like an eternal Bollywood star who right. keeps like saying, well, the guy from 100 years ago is my great-grandfather, and that was my grandfather, and that's thing, and that's me. And so you realize what he's done. Some of them live very normal lives as teachers. There's yeah. one who is like a 14-year-old, 15-year-old girl, right. and she's immortalized as a girl. So it's really hard for her to be eternal because she has to move around in this very nomadic life every five years because people realize that she's not aging, oh, and that, yeah. that's really yeah. difficult for her. The rest of the plot happens, and right. that's for you to discover when you go and see it. And I, 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 the whole time the film was happening, I was really bored. And I was like, wow, I can't believe a Marvel film is boring me. I really thought this, this couldn't happen. And I got to the end, and I was like, wow, what, what didn't work about this? And I think it was a huge lack of charisma mm -hmm. and fun and nothing mm -hmm. to anchor yourself onto. And I was thinking back on some of the Marvel films that I thought really worked. And I thought about the films that I didn't know anything about going into. And I thought about the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy, right. which is obviously a completely different film, a completely different yeah. tone. But do you remember the opening where Peter Quill puts the headphones yeah. on the cassette great. Great and he's, he's dancing yeah. through? And I go, even though I know nothing about this character, yeah. I immediately am quite curious to see who he is, what he's doing, yeah. and what he's up to. Yeah. This film doesn't have a really good central dynamic or mm. performance to really anchor you in, mm. and it suffers from it the whole time. It's very somber. It's very heavy. Um, it stars... Uh, Richard Maradon, Barry Keegan, Kit Harrington, um, Angelina Jolie, who's great in this, but also I found quite yeah. distracting. I was like, you're really good and you haven't done much acting, but I wish you'd do more, but you're kind of like forgotten about in this. There are a couple of really cool ideas not explored, but I was shocked by how much of a bore mm. and a slog it was. It felt like going back to the bad films of phase one. And I felt betrayed in my trust. I really, <laughs> right. I really thought, because I was saying, like, I thought yeah. I could go in and I thought they had at least a, yeah. a little formula to say, like, yeah, like, this, is, this will be solid and you'll enjoy it. It was mm. so boring. That's the thing, though. If, you're gonna take, if they want to take risks and, and expand, they're yeah. going to take the risk of it being boring. But I have to say, uh, it does kind of come across. I, I, I wish I... I kept thinking to myself, why am I more excited by this? And I think it's because, well, I always let people like you go to the cinema first and tell yeah. them what it's like. But it, it does look very flat. It does look very great. It does look incredibly generic. So like generic. with the, the monsters and everything. The, the design of the costumes didn't work for me. They look like Power Rangers. You know, the live action Power yeah, Rangers. Yeah, yeah. No. And, um, and, and, and it's a lot of and posing the, and staring at the sun. And the jokes look really forced. Standing in a formation. Uh, jokes were okay. Could have done with three times Kamel Ninjani and uh, the other guy who was great, who I can't remember. Yeah, okay. I just, I mean, look, the thing is, I like Chloe Zhao. I've yeah. only, I've only seen that. Directed by Chloe Zhao. Yeah, to be fair, I like Nomadland. I love Nomadland, actually, but I, I haven't seen any other, other. didn't see The Ride or anything. But even yeah. then, doesn't matter what you like, as soon as you know that this person's directing a Marvel mm. film, it's not really going to have their imprint in, is it? And the, the, the auteurship is gone. It's more just like, we want to just see how you steer the ship, mm. not how you build the ship. Um, and it, it, sorry, well, no, I just, I, I, I think it's a shame to hear that. And um, I will go see it just to concur with that. But um, I think it looks like an incredible amount of heavy, boring, weighty law. Yeah, L-O-R-E, law. I mean, I was like, where is the fun? And it's, yeah, it's, it's exposition to exposition oh. to exposition. And for the first 20 minutes, I was like, who, who am I following? Who is the yeah. heart or the... So, I'm not saying someone needs to be really funny like a Peter Quill. I'm just saying, like, who, who, do I, yeah. who do I go to? And then coming towards the end in what was the third act, I was, like, surprised to arrive there. Mm. And then I was like, oh, is that, is that the, what we're coming to? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Very generic action later, something I couldn't really follow oh, or understand where people were and what happened characters disappeared and i was like well you would have been useful there mm. um and then it got to the end and i was like that's really boring did it feel like because a lot of these films i I've, I've you know heard from other you know sources and stuff that 
that sounds mysterious. You know, other podcasts, other materials, other, yeah. you know, they say that the, these fight scenes and set pieces are actually made before the film often, like years before. Not years before, but like two years before. So when, when they start production, they've already choreographed and set out the... You know, they storyboarded the the action set piece, and does that? And that that's, that was the problem I had with Black Widow. But like, do you, do you feel uh, but, that? But I, I wish it it it, it had felt like it had that because the action mm. did nothing for me. Mm. You could tell someone had gone in and go, okay, so we've had a lot of dialogue. Let's get an action scene in, and it would happen. Okay. And you you had three of them, but again, incredibly generic do CG. I need baddies. to have seen? Do I need to have seen Shang Chi to enjoy Eternals? No, you don't need to have seen anything else to enjoy this and i think you could probably who knows maybe they're laying something that i don't know but that doesn't mean it's going to be enjoyable to our film you could miss this i'm pretty sure and get watch a four minute youtube do you video think, do you think i could wait the five months it's going to take for it to yes. get to disney plus do not pay free? money to see it i what really Sha- would I, I thought i could go oh maybe i didn't need to see that in cinema but maybe if i had like a takeaway and a glass of wine on disney plus i'd enjoy that i i wouldn't even waste your time actually it was so boring jesus yeah I, i'm so much more negative about it than I actually ever thought I could. But but but, but you've seen Shang-Chi as well. I'm, I'm curious because I, have I haven't seen that. And, and should I spend like, my attention on that? Shang-Chi you should definitely go and see. Like Action in Shang-Chi is so much fun. There's a great dynamic between Shang-Chi and uh, the French. So just to quickly intro Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi is also a Marvel film set in the cinematic yeah. universe. It, came out it, it very much... Ago, yeah. Yeah, it came out a couple of months ago. The Marvel films are like once a month. We've got Spider-Man next. Yeah. It's, they're just it's all mach- COVID stuff. It's all because of COVID. Just a machine. Um, and it, it really sort of wears its uh, its history of Chinese martial arts cinema on its sleeve. And it really does a great homage to, to yeah, all of that. If you sure. if you grew up in the early 2000s and you watched all those amazing yeah. you know movies, you, you'll, you'll really enjoy that. Mar- it's, it's definitely a Marvel yeah. take on those. Uh, Shang-Chi uh, grew up in, in China with his dad, who was possession of these magical ten rings, combat, yeah. ancient mythology. Cut to him in like modern-day San Francisco. He's sort of a nomad, working as a valet with his non-romantically linked uh, female friend. And they have a really great, grounded, contrast, contemporary contrasted yeah. relationship compared with the mythology. And that, that core immediately gets you, unlike Eternals. Mm. And I'm like, ah, I follow these two. Mm. They are learning and experiencing this world like me. And that is what hooks me in. But as far as Shang-Chi goes, I don't have many yeah. things to say no, about that's it. But, but like, the action it's serviceable. Scenes were, it delivers, it's serviceable, delivers the goods. And the action scenes are incredible. I'm like, that was really well done. That, yeah. that It deserves, maybe not quite to the caliber of like a, a John Wick action. But okay. I'm like, that works so well. And that looked really cool. And I had fun. One thing about just about Eternals, Kit Harrington's in that. Yeah. Kit, in Har- Kit, a good way or not? Kit, Harrington's, Kit Harrington's fine. Richard Madden's fine. There's a really annoying moment where obviously Kit Harrington and Richard Madden were in Game of Thrones together. Yeah. And they have a moment where they meet and they have this prolonged hello. And they go, they shake hands, introduce their characters' names. He's like, hi, I'm Icarus. Hi, I'm Thing. And he's like, hello, nice to meet you. And they have this knowing look and it doesn't come up anywhere else. Uh. So I'm thinking that was just a knowing look for people who know they're in Game of Thrones together, which is fine, but... I don't care. No, that, oh, no. Well, what, we do, just it, do it in a funnier way. Do it in a funnier way. way. Are we just going to do that with every character that's ever been in a TV show or a film together? They, they didn't These films are going to be 10 hours long. Yeah, they had a really long, prolonged, like, nice to meet you. Yeah, uh, we were in a thing that was also oh, very big. No. And it didn't work. It's like the hot, you know, have you ever seen, this is such a throwback. I've never even seen these films, I've just seen the clips. You know, Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part 2 with Charlie no, Sheen. Um, no. With Michael, no, Charlie Sheen, 
playing it's like a vietnam rambo spoof and there's a bit where they're on the river he's on a riverboat and he's narrating out loud which he's doing in a spoof of apocalypse now which right, is obviously okay. spoofing martin Sheen, yes of course who isn't that and then the and then he hit and he stops recording it and he still hears the voiceover and he looks up and there's another riverboat coming towards him and it's martin sheen recording his thoughts and they look up and they both stand up on the hull of the boat and as the as their halt <laughs> as their boat oh, as their boats pass each other they at the same time go i loved you in wall street because <laughs> they wrote in it they play yeah, father and son yeah. in wall street so that's, that's what good. that reminds well, me would of be great like, yeah yeah, yeah. it's just that i loved you in the th- yeah yeah and it's it just yeah that that was just distracting and then it never it's not like they had another moment together which made that make sense the very big action scene shot two minutes away from here which yeah. was really good fun literally in, in camden very big very very big action James, scene and i was like the, the topic where we record I think I've said it like three times across the show. North London elite. Um, yeah, and I was like, oh, that's fun. And then I didn't have any more fun for the rest of the film. That's that's my main thing. I, I thought we were at a point where Marvel men, even if it was even if it could be somber in tone, that yeah. I would have a really good time and I would have the nuggets to be like, ooh, that's next. There are post-credit scenes. Harry Styles is in a post-credit what? scene. No, tell me oh, that. it's not oh, a spoiler. Oh, George, it's not a spoiler. He's just in it. He's just in it. What? You're going to be like, ah, oh, I'm so excited Harry Styles is in is in Marvel stuff. I'm not telling you who he is. I know who he is. Oh, sorry. Oh, so you know who Harry Styles is no, playing? No, 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 no. I, I, I thought you meant, do you know who Harry, oh, Styles, Harry Styles is? is. So, right, yeah. Yeah, just, I, I, was, I was surprisingly disappointed. Well, I might check it out, but again, in five Don't. months' time. I'll tell you what, I'll check it out in six months' time when I next have a cold. Yeah, but you you know what? You because you haven't gone to the cinema, paid money, mm. and like taken yourself there. I won't feel ripped off. You won't you won't feel as irritated. Ah, oh, the modern cinematic yeah. experience. <laughs> okay, George, time to play a game. Oh, please, yeah. The last time we played this game, though it was fun, my camera was soft. Yes. I had it on autofocus, and for some reason, it decided that your hand waffling in front of the camera was far more interesting. Gesticulating with purpose. Gesticulating with purpose, as you love to do, and I I want you to never stop. However, not a problem for our audio listeners. No. They Uh, got the the premium content. People listening would not have known that the 20 questions section we did uh, two weeks ago now Mm -hmm. was completely out of focus for my shot. The whole episode, it's actually hunting, looking for my face, and then just by that time, it's gone, no, George's hand is more interesting. I'll focus on that. So I thought we had fun. Oh, yeah. And I think there was another takeaway from that is that I think they were too easy. Even though okay. the guess of National Treasure was quite incredible. Talia came up to me when she listened to the episode and she said, it really was quite impressive that George got National Treasure <laughs> in those 13 <laughs> guesses. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so we are going again. Okay, round two. Round two. It's harder. We've both, I told you to think of some films. I've got some. They're up Slight, here. Slightly I, harder. I don't actually need to write them down because they're in my head. Yeah, great. Well, I'm just in case you ask me some like weird details about. Oh yeah, sure. What, I've just right. got the okay. I've got the Wikipedia page open, by the way. All right, for, all right. For people so, listening, make sure you. Okay, George, I'm thinking of a film. You have 20 questions. You may begin. Is this film? Uh, was this film released in the 20th century? No. Oh, what? sorry. Yes, yes. Sorry. Great start, James. Well sorry. done. Yes. Okay. Can you count the questions, please? Yeah, that's one question. Was this film released in the 90s? Yes. Was this film um, a award winner? Yes. Was ooh, great. Uh, was this film an English language film? Yes. Was this film a box office success for um, all intents and purposes? I'm going to say yes. Okay. Did this film come out? This is going to help me. Did this film come out 
after 1995? Yes. Okay, all right. Six questions. Okay. An award-winning film. Award winner. Was this film... Uh, uh, so it's an English-language film. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty much obvious it's going to be an American, but it might not be. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with American. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, English-language film made between 1995 and 1999. Mm -hmm. Big, you know, big enough smash. But, but a confident award winner, is what yes. you said. So I'm just going to run through... Well, the... you asked me if it had won awards, and I said yes. Yeah, I'm thinking of... Okay, well, now I just have to think about all the award-winning films from that time. American Beauty. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. What the hell? Oh, my God. How is that the first award winner you thought of in 19... <laughs> wow. How many questions? That's, that was your seventh guess. Thank but... you. Wow. Great. Thank you. Because I... Oh, my God. I was ready to run through loads of them, but the, the most... The, the, because that's the, the iconic. Award? It's the iconic poster of the the stomach the with rose. the pet and the rose petals. So that know? film cost fifteen million dollars to make and made three hundred and fifty million. That's, that's a really good yeah. turnover. I would have said I could have gone for. I mean, other award-winning films: Shakespeare in Love, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I would have just gone through. Gone through. The I years. found my little niche there. You were there. You're like, <laughs> okay, compartmentalize, throw all the other stuff out. Brilliant. You can definitely wow. chuck that in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go. Okay, okay. Look, you, you cannot predict 20 questions. They could be slow, meandering dissection of years and genres and directors, or lightning can strike. Let us know if uh, if you got them before No we one did. got American Beauty before you, did, George. You're a freak of nature. Um, amazing. I can't I'm, wait to play next time. I'm really impressed. Better think of something good. I do think I think harder. <laughs> <laughs>